podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Cricket is always worth celebrating, so Beer 52 are offering free beer to Middle Please umpire listeners. They're offering eight craft beers, sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet, all for free. All you need to do is go to beer52.com forward slash middle and just cover the £5.95 for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members. Every month you get sent a new case with a different theme and past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea and from places all over the USA and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, you can choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. If you ever change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. So just go to beer52.com forward slash middle to get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five. That's beer and the numbers five and two dot com forward slash middle. Cheers. Cricket is back and in full swing. William Hill is the place to be for cricket punters this year with a suite of offers across all formats of the game, domestically and internationally. Check out all William Hill's in-play offers, along with all the latest odds and promotions at williamhill.com or on the free app. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to Middle Please Umpire. My name is Miles Jupp and I am joined as ever by 95 mile an hour World Cup winning, Ashes winning legend Mark Wood. Hello Mark. Hello, I'm disappointed you missed off Conker, Picker and Blackberry Extraordinaire because it is the season. I've collected many Conkers and many Blackberries recently on my walks and I'm disappointed that you missed that off. I'm sorry Mark, of course, because you spend a lot of time in laybys, don't you? Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would consider myself a blackberry extraordinaire. I like to get the sweetest ones. A blackberry picker extraordinaire. You're not a blackberry. <laughs> no, a picker, yes, a good picker. I would say I get many by the punnet, as we say up here. Um, a good a good boxful. I'd I'd say punnet isn't an exclusively North Northumbrian word. It is it is when you're an exclusive picker like myself. Honestly, I've been in bushes, I've been stung. But I tell you what, it has deterred us from getting the box full, and Sarah's going to make crumble. Oh, cannot wait. Do you have it with cream or custard? Custard. <laughs> I've never seen you look angrier. Oh, my, sorry, Mark. God, you look at that. Absolutely livid. You're probably going to ask me if it's hot or cold next, are you? Christ, he's absolutely on one. Um, has there been anything going on in your professional life that's caused you frustration recently, Mark? You seem to be very much... <laughs> Well, maybe maybe I was in line to play the fifth test match and then all of a sudden it just got called off. Oh, yeah. That was um, that was a very surreal morning. I was going, I had a neighbour coming round. He'd literally, I was chatting to a neighbour in the street he said he liked cricket. And like me, he's retired. And he was saying, oh, we could do something. I said, oh, come round, we watch cricket. It was going to, it was going to be like a new new experience, having a sort of social around it. I, I mean, others lost more. But you... You, when did you find out it was uh, being called off? When everyone else did, that morning. Woke up in the morning, everyone got a message. You're in a lay-by with a punnet, minding your own business. <laughs> Suddenly there's a ping on the phone. Everybody in the morning, all the players just saying, we've got a team meeting at half eight. And of course, when you hear that, I've only been had two other messages like that. One of them was when we were pulling out of South Africa, and the other one was around sort of controversy of with Stokesy stuff with Bristol. So I obviously knew that it wasn't a good message. I can understand how it would have been a slightly frustrating situation to be in. You're now on your getting ready for the T20 World Cup. I've just been building up by myself with a white ball indoors. 
because obviously all the pitches are now scarified and being looked after. So uh, I've been indoors for a couple of sessions and just done, you know, practicing yorkers and slower balls and, and things like that. It's, it's almost weird. Like I'm not, because indoors is quite hard and not great for my, for my ankle. I tend to only ball at like 70%, so obviously I'll not charge in. But the, the feel of it off my fingers is sort of what I'm looking for. So like within the first bit of me letting go of the ball, I can feel off my fingers without getting the length of the yorker right. Or if I've gotten the sort of, this is going to sound bizarre, but like the revolutions or the wrist action for the slower balls. So that's all I'm going for at the minute. Obviously, I'll ramp it up when I get to Dubai. Um, but at the minute, it's just all about keeping myself ticking over a little bit and making sure I've got that feel off, off my fingers. Could you run in and bowl with your eyes closed and feel if you're doing it right? Uh, I think I probably could. Um, I would definitely get injured. But <laughs> with well, my track record, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think I, think I, I would know... If, if you said I could run in with my eyes open and then at the last second shut my eyes, I could tell you off my fingers where the ball would roughly have gone. As in where it would where it would pitch on sort of vague direction. Yeah, where it would pitch. Yeah, that one feels like fine leg again. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like, that's on a length, that's right. So I've just been going in by myself and... Um, and getting it done like obviously Does anyone i'm not i'm not saying that you're you'd be like this does anyone check that you've done it uh no 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 one sort of rings up to like the man on the door and says is mark mark says he's bowled 12 overs today but <laughs> did he keep he... count in that oh no he turned up he's t- he's turned up and gave me a punnet of black priest <laughs> <laughs> i'm very i'm very impressed by your devotion do you involve other members of the team in this um in this sort of behavior in the Blackberry Scavenger Hunt, absolutely not. Is it you just do this entirely on your own? Oh no, I take the I take the bands the band with us. He he eats a few on the way, and and Sarah, you know, she she picked the odd few on, but she needs great to I need to be the best supervisor ever and say, look, that's that's a good bush. That's not a good bush. Careful, there's thorns there. That's got a dip. I don't want to go over the top, but it's it's a big deal. You remind me listening to you talking about supervising in your um, familiar northeastern. Accent, you remind me of how are how are man how are man why I why I man of 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 uh, of the Jimmy grove Neal. being on fire no of um <laughs> of um, when I was in the children's program I used to be in Mark there was uh, someone from Newcastle in it who played a character called Penny Pocket what children's program Miles I don't know if I've ever known you being anything I was in uh, Grange Hill <laughs> do you remember the one in the boater. Uh, What's that was the story, Balamori? Wouldn't you like to know? That's the very one. So there was a character in that penny pocket. She had, she had a song about that. Soup, count on me, one, two, three. I'll supervise. I'll super surprise you. You could learn her song, and should they reboot the franchise? And there's almost it's almost the only franchise that hasn't been rebooted recently. <laughs> you could you could maybe go up for that part. I th- well, I have actually heard Robson Green sing "Little Fishy" on a dish when the boat comes in, and I think he'd be perfect for the role. You can have a blotter. That's what he said, doesn't he? Blort was the Blorter. fish. This is I don't have I don't know if we've told our um, our lucky listeners about this thing. I was doing an episode of a program called Grantchester, which was on recently. Um, I missed it, but it was on recently uh, with uh, with Robson and Robson. Mark at the time was in lock. I can't remember which which disastrous tour you were on, <laughs> but you'd have been <laughs> locked down somewhere. I said, "Oh, Mark's a bit down. Perhaps you could perhaps we could do a little video for him." And uh, Robson Green sang um, "When the Boat Comes In" for Mark, which is. I'd say one of the more extraordinary videos that I have on my iPhone. It was one of the happiest days I can recall. Um, well, I mean, it must have been a bit of a surprise, and of course, ultimately, it'll be one in a series. We've got um, we've got Robson Green singing uh, "When the Boat Comes In." I'm trying to get um, 
trying to get um, Jimmy Nail to do Mary Had a Little Lamb. Um, <laughs> Alan Shearer to do I'm a Dingle Dangle Scarecrow with a flippy floppy hat. That's right. Uh, Paul Gascoigne is um, actually going to get him to do the Internationale just for a bit of a, <laughs> a, bit of a departure. <laughs> Hey, speak, do you know how you you said that your program's just been on and you've not seen it? Mm. Do you never do like the old fastball uh, analyst work where you, you'll go back, you'll have a look, you'll review what went well, what didn't go well? Do you never do anything like that? I don't really, but I should should do. Sometimes if something's gone spectacularly badly, you feel more likely to watch it because you think, oh, I wonder if oh, look, they've edited it, it's fine, actually, that looks all right. You know, you're doing a panel show or whatever and it's a tremendously awkward evening for everyone. And then when you watch you watch those back because actually the edit always makes it fine and you can sort of get a slight boost. But of course, we benefit from an edit in a way that you don't do. I mean, you get the cold sort of hard facts. You can't you can't spray it everywhere and then say, oh, you won't put any of that in the highlights, will it? You know that bit when you kept creaming me for sixes back over. <laughs> that doesn't need to be in the highlights, does it? You know, you it's it's much less forgiving your world. As often that you support and judge me, I've just um, seen you in a program that I've been watching. You just popped up. What was that? Um, it was with your friend Gillian. Oh yeah, Gillian Anderson. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, how how was my screen time? About forty seconds, probably. If that. Yeah, you you're a bit of a bit of an uh, arsehole of, of the doctor, like. That's right. Yeah. That is, I'm I'm always a bit of an arsehole. It's just it just depends what changes to what the job is. And and how and what sort of skills did you need to bring as the doctor? I needed to learn my lines. <laughs> I needed to wear a white coat. And that particular case, she so she I was doing like an ultrasound and she had a very, very realistic false stomach. And you were pressing quite hard, eh? You're you're absolutely correct, because it it looks like a real stomach, but it doesn't move like a real stomach. And people kept coming and saying, Oh no, the, yeah, you, you need to it needs to move more like a real stomach. And the only way to do that was to put an unbelievable amount of effort in. So I was I was just continuing you got you know, five or six members of different departments were going, you just need it, it wouldn't look like that. You know, I've got five children. I've been to a lot of ultrasounds, but I just kept sort of nodding politely. And then what I did one take, and the director was like, you're talking really slowly. And you're like, I'm putting absolutely every ounce of my being into trying to make this incredibly hard thing look like it's normal flesh. I love the, the bit where you put the ultrasound on, and I can only describe the grip as like a Graham Swan or Monty Panasar grip, and then you would turn it in an off-spinner's motion. It must just come naturally to you. Obviously, I can't really bowl, but when I, in my head, if I imagine I'm a bowler, what I am, imagine that I'm an off spinner. That would be my 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 mentality. And you've just took that into your everyday life: the grip, the the posture, the turning of it. Even even I saw as the ultrasound was coming on, the way that you really got the revs on the ultrasound on the stomach. You could actually hear it fizzing, couldn't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'm. Well, I'm a sort of genuine. Genuinely, I reckon I would be if if I were a cricketer. I would be a sort of Victor Marx, I think. Just sort of, you know, nice off-spin, reasonably decent. I mean, he was very, I mean, very high. He won a Sheffield Shield. But his sort of approach to, to, to stuff, you know, I'm just sort of, I'm there, good in the dressing room, I hope, you know, friendly, mainly giggling. You know, that's the sort of what he does on TMS is basically what I would do on Would I Lie to You or whatever. I'd just sit there and I, I giggle. And um, some days later, a check arrives, you know, and that's that's gone. Sarah was giggling at me in bed the other day, just talking about you doing your spin stuff. <laughs> so we were lying in bed watching your program, and I just started like sometimes I just sit up in bed and I'll like 
flick my wrist one way or the other as I'm in bed. And I just, she's like, what are you doing? And I oh, just, sometimes I get distracted and I start thinking about my wrist position in bed. <laughs> she's like, well, what was that one? I was like, oh, that was the nip back. I see how I put a little bit more pressure on my index finger. And she just sort of looks at me as if you're the biggest idiot I've ever seen. I kind of help it though. Sometimes I just fall into like, pretending that I'm running in and I've just got the ball and I'm just flicking it off. Just do if you read a transcript of this back, Mark, you'd realise that you've just spoken absolute filth for three minutes solid. <laughs> um, but that, that is to do with how devoted you are to your craft. Whatever. I remember reading an interview with Joe Root and he was saying it's very frustrating for his wife because sometimes that, you know, they'll be having a dinner in a nice restaurant or whatever. And she's like, what are you thinking about? And he'll be some excruciatingly sort of technical. I'm just thinking about, like, if it's possible to sort of hit a ball square that's a particular length or whatever. Uh, it is good that you think about, you know, that what you do. But it is about choosing your moments. Speaking of Rudy, I got nailed by the Ashton lads. So um, my friends came came to watch the fifth test, and they they came down the night before, and we were allowed to meet up outdoors. So we went for food outdoors. I'm obviously now leave a separate table. I've got to sit that far away from them. And I get a text from Rudy saying, "Oh, here you're out. Can you bring me back some Wagamamas? Will you order us the?" I don't know, spicy squid or spicy chilli or whatever. He normally asks me to bring him uh, bang bang chicken, he asks me to get him. <laughs> yeah, well, well, he asked me to get him spicy chilli squid, that was it. And the Ashton lads... Uh, Jonathan Bairstow uh, always asks for uh, prawn lollipops. <laughs> Anyone else? Dom Sibley always says, just get anything. <laughs> the fridge. People are very, very specific, yeah. I've ordered Rudy some spicy chilli squid. And the, la- the Ashton lads didn't know who it's for. And at the end, obviously, they're like, oh... Why have you ordered that? Who's it for? I says, oh, it's for the England captain, Joe Root. And they're like, oh, see you're in the squad for tomorrow. And then, of course, the Ashton Fines meetings the week later, to which they told the whole of the Ashton Cricket Club that the only reason I was going to get a game was because I was sucking up the captain and getting them chilli squid before the match. <laughs> and that's the only reason that every time I get a game, it must be because I'm feeding the captain food. So I'd like to tell all the listeners that this isn't the case in fact, Mark gets picked despite continually bringing Joe Root food that he hasn't asked for, <laughs> despite, the enormous, despite the enormous digestive inconvenience that Mark poses to Joe Root. <laughs> it's, an, it's an in spite of, not because of. I don't mean to expose you, actually, as a sort of the fancy man you are, but I rang you the other day and uh, you'd popped out to co-op for a meal deal, hadn't you, yeah. you swish fucker? <laughs> what, <were> you... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What, what, what do you go for when you go for your, for your, for your meal deal, Mark? Tuna and sweet corn? No, I went for the two two for seven cod fillets, um, you know, uh-huh. trying to keep healthy. Um, yeah, so that, that was what I was busy. Thanks for ousting me on live on my podcast, Miles. Oh, no, that's a very good listen. I don't think, obviously, I'd love to believe that all your food is driven to you in a van, but occasionally <laughs> it's nice to, know that you, <laughs> nice to know that you pull your rugs on and get out into the streets and... Um, Fend for yourselves. <laughs> so, what have you been doing in Wales? I have been. Um, I've been doing a bit of acting lately, actually, very enjoyably. I went and did um, an Agatha Christie, uh, directed by Hugh Laurie. Nice. Uh, in fact, adapted by him and directed by him. Is Hugh Laurie a big cricket fan? He likes his cricket. He's a very good all-round sportsman, as I understand it. He's... So, in between takes, were you sort of on the catch it together, or did you have a roll on? You were bouncing catches off to each other, just you know, keep your hands ready and warm. That's yes. It was it was exactly about that. And he kept. Um, he would always just shout, "Walking in," if nothing much seemed to be happening, <laughs> just as a just as a sort of you know toes things like that. 
Yeah. One one brings two. He'd keep shouting. We should ask him on. Probably easier if you ask him. I think I'm a bit I'm a bit starstruck. <laughs> you've just done, you've just done a job with them. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't change it. Doesn't change it. <laughs> this morning there was a few people put together montages of great Moeen Ali stuff, and you just I mean you'll have seen some of it from close up. But to to watch Moeen Ali in full flow, he is glorious, isn't he? I know you say he reminds you of the notorious D.I.G., but he's mm-hmm. just he's so graceful. And those moments I'd forgotten, like that that catch to win the Lord's Test in 2015 when he's at third man. That was uh, that was my debut that game. Blimey! It was an amazing feeling to win that. But more is one of the greatest. Like even just being in the dressing room when he first comes back, it gives everybody a massive lift. He's so funny and such a nice guy. It'll be obviously. Cemented in beautifully into the one day setup, so he'll carry on with that. But it'll be a big miss in the in the test setup because even if he doesn't play or um, when he does play, you know, you get in, in, a, in a strange way. People are like, I, I've seen people question his record, thinking, "Oh, well, he, he hasn't scored amazing runs with a bat. He hasn't got a phenomenal amount of wickets to the ball." But if you put the two together as an all rounder, two hundred wickets and three thousand runs, not many people have done that. I remember watching him scoring like 179 batting at eight at Lords, and it was just as- astonishing. Mate, honestly, I promise you that it'll, it'll be a big miss, and people always people are coming through, and people, you know, you get the next superstar come through. We've got some young spinners who are really good. So, but the thing is, like, I don't think people realise how sort of undervalued uh, I think Moore was. Like, he's a he's a fantastic cricketer. He's absolutely one of my favourites. I mean, mm. my number one cricketer is Mark Wood, but Moen is definitely up there. Atherton, wow. No, of the, of the, of the current team. Oh. Of, 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 the, of the current team, of course. No, Mike... Mike Don't speak silly. Mike Atherton, as you know, remains my, my hero. That's not... Um, that is not a position that can be applied for, Mark. That uh, that is that's 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 settled. Um, I've watched a load of the women's game as well recently. I've been really enjoying it. What did you think? Some of them, they're such amazing timers of the ball. There's an amazing... I mean that big three, three, four, three, four, seven for five they put up. They, you know, New Zealand, bless them. They looked pretty much run ragged by it. But the timing, someone like Tammy Beaumont and Lauren Winfield Hill, watching them open up, how much of their run rate is about timing the ball and not? And they are, you know, like Danny Wyatt, for instance, she hits massive sixes, doesn't she? But how much of their game is about sort of timing and touch means that it is a really beautiful game to watch. But they also, and I'm not saying that you lot don't. But they do play the game with a like a smile on their faces, and they, it's really infectious. And they look very pleased for each other. And I've sometimes, I'm sure I've said this to you before, but like if you're watching, if you watch the men's game and you see two players sort of laughing, I always think one of them just said something really unpleasant <laughs> about somebody else. <laughs> Whereas when you see like people in the women team laughing it's, it's one of them's made a sort of self-deprecating remark or whatever there just seem to be a slight sort of difference but they just the sort of joy they take in each other's success so I've watched a lot of that and also it means on Sky you get a few different voices as well in the in the um, com box in the com box which I, I sometimes feel is is most welcome who, um, who have you been enjoying on the commentary well I really like the fact that Mark Butcher's started up actually doing more and more that's good um, Adam Collins who I think is a very nice man. I listen to his uh, cricket podcast with uh, Jeff Lemon quite a lot as well. But I think, you know, Ebony Rainford-Brent, I think is great. Izzy Westbury, just lots of them. It's nice, It's just nice having sort of, sort of different voices. I now feel, watching the England women's team, that I, I know all of those players as well as I know your the, the squad that you're in. I like, you mentioned the 3-4-7, which is obviously a remarkable 
total in women's cricket is huge. It's like the fifth, fifth or sixth highest, is it? Maybe. Yeah, but I, I felt like that chase where the chase down two two forty or two fifty. Yeah, it, it was like two four five or two, two something like that. That was that was great to, to watch in terms of usually if in a in a team that you know isn't as experienced or they might have messed up, but the way that Heather Knight played, an experienced player, she is a proper number three, isn't she? She's sort of a kind of Ricky Ponting sort of number three. You just think, and and of course in that in the big score she feathered one for nothing. But she she that century was absolutely fantastic, and that that thing of someone that like just takes it on their shoulders when they go out to bat, and you think, well, the confidence that that'll do. So scoring three four seven is fantastic. Don't get us wrong, but the confidence that'll give a group to knock off that, which was one of the, I think it was the highest run chase. Yeah, like the confidence that that'll give that group, and then the when they play other teams and they think this team can knock this off we need like the next person that comes in off we need to get them out oh the next person like the confidence that that'll give that team to think we can chase any total no matter if they have a bad day and they get hit around the park a bit to to then think just from our situation and think in the one day team no matter how our day goes and don't get us wrong you have days where you're really disappointed and you think in the back of your mind you think but we can still knock this off with our team and I think that that confidence that game was an example of the confidence that will that will give that group. So, uh, when are you leaving for the T Twenty World Cup, and what have you got to do between now and then to make sure you're absolutely ready? In the same way that I would say to my children at about ten past eight, do you know where your shoes are? Are you having pat lunch today? Are you having school lunch today? Is there anything you need to do? Have you been to the loo? Have you definitely brushed your teeth? Mark, do do you know where your shoes are? What do you need to do between now and the T Twenty World Cup? Firstly, I put my shoes on. Check that my Cricket spikes are packed. There are other important shoes. Packed lunch-wise, I think I'm covered there with an enormous amount of blackberries. Blackberries, uh, yep. plus some prawn cocktail crisps, a gold yep. bar, a couple of tonics tea cakes. Yep, and of course... What was that bizarre tonics text you sent me yesterday? Oh, it's an Olympic chocolate or wafer. The tonics caramel wafer? Oh, top draw, especially if you get I the dark chocolate one. Oh, It was one of those messages I looked at for a while thinking, is he... Has he sent that? Is he in a shop and he's sent that? I think I was just in a state of euphoria. Maybe I'd had too many blackberries and I was hallucinating a bit. But uh, um, I had um... like I got a, I got a text from my dad the other day. It says I'm in Tesco's. What is it that I need to buy for the cleaner? <laughs> he meant to send it to my mum, but he sent it to me. So I I said hilariously, uh, twenty Rothmans and a bottle of whiskey. And then, <laughs> and then he went, sorry, not for you. Um, but you, because you, uh, I, I went to Iceland only today, Mark, to buy um, some of the chocolate bars for the lunch boxes, and I. Always get some tonics caramel wafers. Do you prefer the caramel wafers to the tonics tea cakes? Yes. I could see that. Oh, no, we're no longer friends. Oh, no, I've messed it up. We are friends, but I, you are not coming to my tea party. <laughs> anyway. Well, you, you can come, but you won't like the food. I think we've slightly digressed. Uh, apologies to anyone still listening. <laughs> um, I am fascinated by the, the, the logistics of the life as an international sportsman. Does someone just hand you a thing that says, what's your number? 33. Does someone hand that to you when you get there? Or do you get? does it turn up at your house and then you have to bring it to the airport yourself? So we'll take, I'll take all my kit with us, me batting kit and spikes and everything like that. Um, usually, oh, yeah. No point, no point Mark Wood turning up at a World Cup without his batting kit. <laughs> and uh, we'll, take, um, we'll take all our normal kit and stuff, usually on tour. But because it's a World Cup, we'll get, like, obviously the specialised branded stuff. So that'll be that'll be waiting for, for us when we get there. Or the team manager will carry it um, when we get on the plane. Well, I, we're going to hopefully record some of these when you're out in um, doing the World Cup. All the behind-the-scenes gossip. What's going on? You know, who's benching what? <laughs> that sort of thing. Hi, Miles. Here I am in Dubai. 
I'm here in Dubai. It's all kicking off. Honestly, you won't believe what I can see. I can see some sand, some four by fours, and a businessman. It is absolutely wild here. I've never, I've never been so stimulated. <laughs> I feel like Dubai. So going there, literally, I don't know how it's going to work. Obviously, with quarantine, but it's got everything you want, hasn't it? Like glitz, glam, got beaches, got you know, nice restaurants, and I doubt that we'll be able to do all that. Great facilities for cricket, but I don't know what happens with other teams. I don't know if we all stay in the same hotels or if like. Because that, that, I don't know how I've done that before, and it's like it's kind of like awkward as well. At the same, time. like it's nice to see lads that you know and stuff, but it's kind of awkward as well. That way, you get in the lift and someone's just whacked you all over, and you're like, "Morning!" And he knows he's got your number. He's like, "Morning!" Yeah, fucker. <laughs> Who do you get on with from other countries, uh, cricket or cricket wise? I know that generally you're very progressive and tolerant. I mean, who do you? <laughs> who are the other international cricketers that you would? Who would you call a friend? Uh, Tom Latham, I would say I'm, I'm big friends with just because he played at Durham and we used to, we used to, I used to pick Tom up actually on the way at the ground. To go fruit picking? <laughs> on our academy days, I'll pick him up on the way and stuff. So he's he's a good pal. I played with Faf, Duplessy, Art, um, Chennai. So I get on really well with him. But these are two guys that are, unfortunately aren't going to be there at the World Cup this year. Both, neither of them are selected, I don't think. So we just have to wait and see. David Warner, is he a good Good friend of yours? I don't, I don't know David. He did play Durham for a year, but I was only a kid then on the academy, so I don't know him well, no. Uh, but I, the New Zealand, obviously, you've, together, you've competed one of the greatest moments of, greatest moments of British sporting history. But the, uh, the New Zealand bunch, seem they seem tremendously nice. Good lads. Most of the players you come across are good lads, really. It's just sometimes on the field, you know, things can tip over because yeah, people are competitive and things like that. But off the field, most guys are good lads. I was explaining to people that don't like cricket, but these are the sort of challenges I set myself. I was trying to, I was talking about how much I like New Zealand, the country, and how nice they are. And the example I chose to demonstrate it was Kane Williamson's interview immediately after the Super Over. When oh, brilliant, wasn't it? It was very close. And he just said, Yeah, shame, eh? And I just thought that was the most amazing, beautiful, magnanimous kind of, you know, summation of a, of, a, of a sort of national psyche in a way you'd say they were obviously disappointed but they took it so well and i'm actually not sure we would have took it as well as them they were literally they took it so well and i think it's lucky you won i think i think i think you'd have all behaved appallingly <laughs> so other uh news uh one that i know is probably close to your heart sean lock has unfortunately passed away were you were you close with him yeah i got on really well with sean actually i i'm I've, i mean i've spent hours of my life sitting next to him laughing doing probably catster's countdown and those sorts of things and i'm I, you know i i was intimidated by him when i first met him because partly because he's just so ridiculously funny but also because he sort of sets high um high standards really but he was for whatever reason so a bit like me with jimmy <laughs> yeah exactly that kind of slight <laughs> fear and also yeah well well established by the time you start but he um he was always really encouraging to me, actually, and was just sort of up for doing silly improvisational stuff that wouldn't be, you know, because in that show like that, you just sort of quickly say hello to someone in the green room and you go out there and it's it's on. So I was watching a few clips of him this week and there's a few that came, I mean... it's <laughs> one that I've never seen before where he describes one of his proudest achievements as having... <laughs> having won a competition called Rectum of the Year, which is, 
career of the year with the gloves off. Um, but it's just, it's a bit mucky, but it's very, very funny. But there were some other things coming. There was the one we did where he'd got this prop on that had been provided by the art department, which was a load of, um, was a load of whelks in a cup that I then, under the impression that Jimmy Carr would donate money to charity, I I then fed the rest of the episode, I've spoon-fed him all, all of the whelks in this cup and bless him. He ate, he ate the lot and was very, quite near the end of the recording. So he said, I went, I think I'm allergic to whelks. And really, really, he just whispered it in my ear, really frightened me. And I started panicking, well, should we get the medic on? There'll be a medic. Why don't we just we ask, Jimmy, ask Jimmy to stop and get the medic because you might need you know, an injection. Um, but uh, so just a really, really funny man. Yeah, no, I, it's very, very sad news. Mm. But, I, you know, there's that sort of, uh, as happens, I guess, a sort of an, out, an outpouring. Uh, and the one that is, you know, incredibly, incredibly deserved, really. You know, just a lot of seriously good people saying, trust us, this guy was amazing. And, uh, and indeed he was. I'd just like to take a moment to thank our founding sponsors, Cricketers Gin. Cricketers Gin is the perfect podcast partner as this corker of a gin began its innings at the local village cricket club in Pinkney's Green, Berkshire. Over a G&T, the founders decided that this quintessential British game, along with the wild botanicals growing in abundance, deserved a bespoke gin of its own. Cricketers features milk thistle, wild marjoram and blackberries, amongst other botanicals, delivering a smooth juniper-forward gin. If pink is your preference, they also have a delicious raspberry-distilled pink gin. Please take a look at their website, cricketersgin.com, where you'll find a range of gin hampers too. Apply the code CRICKET and you'll receive a discount off your purchases. Cricketers, a small batch gin and a family-owned business. William Hill's Safer Gambling Tools help you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. I tell you what, I do want to speak to you about Miles Trent Bridge. Obviously, I didn't play. I was twelve man. There was a new. There was some numerous signals going out as twelve man. I want to know if you can if you can let me know what you think they are. So, Zach Crawley did one that sort of one like this, which is a spiral up. Yeah, almost looked like I was shouting on the field saying, "Does he want a helicopter?" <laughs> and the lads are like, "I'm not sure what that means." So we went on the field and asked him. He says, "Oh no, what's that thing where you put the tablets and the drinks?" I says, oh, you want an electric tab? So basically you meant to like do a swish movement with your hand over the bottle or a fake bottle. Right. He was doing a lasso, lasso above his head. We needed a degree of clarity. Yeah, you to, I mean, you sort of get used to the sort of the signals. They're sort of like duck bill towards the mouth. That'll be tablets. Yeah. Obviously you've got drinks. As in painkillers or just? Painkillers, yeah. Um, obviously you've got the gloves as the hello sort of yeah, yeah. baby hello signal. Helmet? Presumably you take your helmet off and shake it. Yeah. How would you demonstrate that you needed new trousers? <laughs> Discreetly demonstrate that a new pair of trousers would be a good idea. You, get, you go to your partner at the other end and you start pointing profusely at their trousers going, uh, oh, okay. that's as good as I've got for you. Has that ever happened? No. Have you got a potential 12-man signal for us? Well, we'd look to the about, yeah. What would I suddenly... So it's in a way, partly it's about what you need, isn't it? And partly it's a feel it's about what you fancied. So if you were there doing, you know, say if you suddenly wanted like a Mintero or something. Is that the sort of thing you can? You have, can you have anything brought out? So what? Are you expecting the batter to have a bubble machine? Yeah, you do a sort of like a kind of like pretend you're blowing bubbles, 
I guess, just to pretend you're blowing bubble, and then maybe imagine that you're rooting around in a herb garden because everyone knows that mine. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, if you wanted, a, if you wanted, yeah. So, for instance, if you wanted water, but you wanted fizzy water, you know, you don't, you know, then then so you do the sort of the water thing, but then you do more of your bubbles, I guess. Yeah, you do it. You, you do that. You could do a WM to show that you you wanted a wagamama. Any any of. <laughs> I, I honestly think as a team, if you want to get somewhere, it is really worth nailing down your 12th man signal so that you're not you're not taking time out of the game. This could improve the overrate problem. If the 12th man didn't spend <laughs> half the game standing in the balcony going, what are they asking for? Well, I've just gone out there with a thigh pad, uh, some special electric water, a Mintero. I think it was a Mintero. Uh, you know, <laughs> whatever it might be. If you if you could get those stuff nailed down. Maybe the problem is, is that we're, we're just wearing a bib. Yeah, and you know, very casual. Maybe we need to wear everything that they're wearing. Yeah, and run out in their kit, and then if there's a problem, you just take it's like swapsies. Just remove whatever they need. All they need. Yes, exactly. That's a very good idea. Or you could be a sort of Arthur Daly character. You can have a big overcoat with one of everything hanging on the inside, <laughs> and you run out to the middle, <laughs> and then you just open it up like a big sort of flasher's mac, and they go, "Thank you. That's what I need." Uh, so actually, on this subject, then that not that could be a question for uh, uh, people at home to write in with, as you very kindly do sometimes. At your club, uh, the team you play for, do you have any uh, unusual twelfth man signals, or have there been uh, strange and unlikely requests made? Has anyone asked for a, for a mintero, or indeed a bird table? Uh, any of these things. Right then, uh, we have got an absolutely uh, an absolutely bulging mailbag as a result of your generous correspondence. Uh, so let's uh, go through these. Do you, do you want me to read these out, Mark? And you you respond in yes what what we can call a time honoured fashion. I hope that these are handwritten uh, and then sent to the uh, producer by uh, Royal Mail or or Pigeon uh, before they're digitally rendered for my comfort and convenience. We had a racing pigeon land in our garden this week, Mark. Now, I kept people were saying, "What are we meant to do with it?" It never occurred to me that that's probably exactly up your that, that sort of things in your wheelhouse. We have a wood pigeon. I mean, Harry gets my son gets up fairly early. We have a wood pigeon in the garden who gets up even before Harry. And any any pigeon in, that came into your ownership would, of course, technically be a wood pigeon. Mm. <laughs> that is right. In, the same yeah. way, in your garden, there's also a wood wheelbarrow, uh, a wood lawn. <laughs> there's the wood barbecue. <laughs> Wood bird table. Have you been Have you been sent any bird tables yet by fans? Have you? You're probably terrified to go to a petrol station because you will leave <laughs> absolutely weighed down. Yeah, n- not yet. You? No, not yet. But I'm actually now in the market for a. I'd, I'd quite like a bird table. I'd rather have a T-shirt that says "I'm Derek Pringle." You on it? Yeah, <laughs> I'd rather teach buy a parrot and teach it to shout "I'm Derek Pringle." You <laughs> and and then gift it to someone. Um, okay. <laughs> You'll arrive. Oh, this is nice. Sent me, a, sent me a parrot. What a kind gift. Right. Uh, okay. Cricketers in petrol stations. Uh, this, of course, still following on from the uh, now legendary anecdote I told about a very, very brief uh, and and not very interesting encounter with Joe Root in the, uh, the Euro garage near where I live. This is from Adam Shepherd. Uh, love the podcast. I can't wait for season three. Uh, whilst returning home from Durham University in the summer of 2018, I pulled into Weatherby Services a few days after England punished Australia for 481 for six at Trent Bridge. I remember walking into the service station and seeing Justin Langer standing around like a teacher on a school trip, <laughs> trying to make sure everyone was accounted for before getting back on the team bus. I desperately needed to use the facilities, so headed straight for the gents. Upon opening the door, I saw many players from the Australian team in the same predicament as myself. 
ended up taking a leak with Tim Payne using the urinal to my left and Glenn Maxwell to my right. It didn't feel like an appropriate time to ask for a signature. That, that sounds like a pretty intimidating bank of urinals. But also, that is, that's, I would have thought, an absolutely note-perfect, pitch-perfect description of Justin Langer does indeed have the air of a sort of teacher leading a trip, not least when people misbehave the way he looks slightly disappointed. And I imagine being Australian cricketer, slightly letting the team down in some way, the worst bit of it you have to contend with is a slightly teary-eyed Justin Langer in the dressing room saying he's not angry with you, that he is, but he is disappointed and more than anything you've yourself down. Going back to that story about the urinals, I thought that was an unwritten rule where you couldn't, you, you would always keep a urinal spare. You'd never stand next to somebody in a urinal. I thought it was an unwritten rule. You, you have to either wait. If, it, if it's busy, you can't, if there's people queuing behind you, you couldn't leave one spare. People would go, you know, like, I don't know, have, have you ever been to the cricket as a fan? If you nip into the loos under the stands during a sort of busy afternoon or whatever, and there's a queue out the door, you couldn't, you couldn't, like if there was an opening, go to the person behind, well, obviously I'm not, I can't go in there. You know, you must know about the unwritten rule. I thought they would just clearly understand it. I thought it was an unwritten rule. Well, I'd have thought also, do you, why do you travel around in your, are you not allowed to just wear home clothes when you're travelling between games? Do you have to wear your sort of England tracksuit? Yeah, because you're still representing England. Now, remember, guys, we're going to go into Weatherby Services, and I want you to remember, when you're uh, getting the old todgers out and you're taking a piss, you've got to remember, you are ambassadors, okay? You are representing now, more than ever, the Australian Cricket Board, okay? So I want you to go in there. I want people I want people to stand up as tall as they can, straight backs. I don't want splashes going anywhere other than straight <laughs> old down the old dunny. Do you hear me? You guys, you are representing. Uh, is, is, that, is that kind of, um, is that the similar team talk that you'd be given? <laughs> <laughs> now, Mark, I mean, it's very important. Take your tracksuit top off, hang it on the back of the door before you sit down for number twos. And remember, put it back on before you leave the cubicle. I won't ask you how you clean your hands in the meantime. You are representing your country, Mark. I mean, it's it's scary because it's almost as if you've been in my team meetings. That's exactly <laughs> what we talk about. We don't talk about the batsmen or how we're going to get them out. It's it's how we conduct ourselves at the Weatherby Services urinals. It's that, isn't it? Well, that, that's well. In the nineties, it would be exactly that sort of stuff, wouldn't it? It'd be someone turning up and going, "All oh, the players look slightly messy. Why aren't their tracksuits smarter?" And that sort of thing. I think what you should do is all put the Australian tracksuits on and go and piss yourselves. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's happened to me today. I'm over, if we if we had a guest on today, I'd probably be sort of sensible and different. But I've I've said it's, it's, I've, I have made a string of extremely unpleasant remarks. Uh, for which I um, will consider apologising. Uh, thank you very much indeed for Adam Shepherd. You, uh, regrettably, your e- email has taken us to some appalling places. Uh, this is from Cy Graham. Uh, I once saw Alan Lamb in the BP Wild Bean Cafe near St Albans. He was getting a coffee and looked me up and down with a steely, silent stare after I loudly said, can I recommend the lamb and mint pasty? <laughs> <laughs> in hindsight he was right as they don't even sell lamb and mint pasties <laughs> I regret nothing <laughs> I hope that is the sign off to all your emails Sai. that is absolutely fantastic that's great crack that that is fantastic I regret nothing right this is from Mark Varley uh, hello middle please team uh, firstly I'd like to add a Graham Onion sighting uh, onto the petrol station map in middle please uh, umpire headquarters there is indeed a petrol station map where we're being put together are sort of like like the room where they have all the uh, the wiretaps up in the wire uh, where we're just slowly putting the picture 
all together. Uh, this will go straight up there with a pin with your name on. Uh, and of course, you will receive a follow-up letter just to double check the details in. Uh, we, we will not accept time wasters. Uh, he says, uh, we were on the M62 last year, travelling from Lancashire and heading on the road to Hull. Uh, we've got a six-year-old and she likes the aquarium in Hull. Don't judge us. I, no, I'm very... I think that's a perfectly acceptable journey to take. Uh, I can't remember if it was Birch or Hartshead more services. Well, so I stick a flag in both on the map to be sure. Now, you see, this is where police investigations go wrong. You, ha- you have to be sure. This is why they have lineups. So you just, Mark, just have a real think. Have a real think. If you need to just go take the journey again, retrace your steps, do it, because we need, we need to be sure about this. If it's Graham Onions, it must have been whichever one has a road chef or something like that, because he's the tightest man alive. So it wouldn't have been a Rate Rose or a Marks and Spencer's. Okay, well we need we need to see what they what they have there. Virtual Heart said more. Um, uh, we can we can narrow we can do some of the work for you, Mark. We can't we can't do all of it. Uh, anyway, I popped to use the facilities, keeping a socially distant spread of urinals away from the nearest person. A man after Mark was hot. As a pro- <laughs> This is a fantastic start to a sentence. As a professional toilet user, I don't look at them. <laughs> Or even look in their general direction whilst in the urinal area, as that would be bad form. I think we are going to have to do some digging on the phrase professional toilet user. Anyway, however, when washing my hands, I see the president in his Lancashire training gear giving his hands a COVID-friendly scrub down the other end of the sinks. I thought about saying hello, but realised it would be a little bit uncomfortable accosting him in a service station toilet. I did mention my sighting to my wife, who was waiting elsewhere in the services, probably near the shop that sells miniature scarecrows all year round in service stations for no apparent reason. She <laughs> she referred to him as Bunny Onions, so she knows her cricket, but didn't seem that impressed that he was in the loo. Oh, well, I, it's better that than saying, guess what I've just seen, taking a wee against the Cornish pasty. <laughs> anyway, um, secondly, I'd like to publicly thank Mark for a very nice day out at the Cricket World Cup in June 2019. He kindly gave his cousin a couple of tickets for a match at Old Trafford. I used to work with him, so he made me his plus one for the match. Anyway, we were sat near to Mark's mum and dad, who were a pleasure to chat to that day. We were also sat near a number of Afghanistan fans. Mark's mum was not best pleased with me when I started leading some of the singing in our section, basically to ingratiate myself with the away supporters. I tried to brush this off, but to her credit, her disapproval didn't stop until I stopped. She's a true England fan and also told us some good stories about Mark that I won't repeat here. Well, I can tell you, looking at this screen now, at Mark Wood's face, a look of complete unease. Now he's trying to look innocent. I would very much like to go to a cricket match with Mark's mum and just say, "Come on, let's have the real, let's have the real juice on him." That's fantastic. Do you? Uh, well, how much can you remember at that day in June 2019, Mark? Can you remember someone starting to sing songs and being shushed by a lady from Northumberland? <laughs> yes, I uh, remember it vividly. I think I think the line was "Paydoon man." <laughs> oh, here we go. So this is about some club nicknames here. Uh, you may recall the tale of the unfortunate gentleman who ended up with. <laughs> You may recall the tale of the unfortunate gentleman who ended up with twisted testicles after a rather unfortunate event in Somerset from the final episode of Series 2. Well, thanks to a mistype by our podcast producer, Tom Frankham was in fact read out as Joe Frankham. Oh, apologies to that. Uh, Tom writes, my team think that I was trying to hide my identity. So now I have a new nickname in the club and I'm called Joe by everyone, thanks to Middle Please Umpire. Uh, to bring the story full circle, earlier this season we returned to the same ground where the fateful event happened. And I'm pleased to report I bowled a tight spell which passed without further incident and I didn't knack in my balls this time. So definitely a win-win. Uh, I am very, very... Very sorry, uh, Tom. Uh, it was our mistake uh, 
people, not, he's not, he's, he's I, I, I mean, I don't know why he'd try and conceal his identity. The man appears to have no shame whatsoever. What about, what about just straight up TT, testicle Tom? Testicle Tom, TT, also sounds a twisted testicle. Mm, yeah. TT. Um, it's a fantastic, I would like to have him on the podcast one day and just talk us through that. Instantly. Definitely. In, um, Definitely. And, and we just have a competition to see which of us could look the most stony faced throughout, which would last probably seven seconds. Yeah, if that. Right. Uh, this was sent in uh, via Twitter uh, from uh, a gentleman called Mark. Um, is Mark aware that following his four wickets in the second test against India, Mr. Wood has become the most successful bowling mark in test history? Uh, the highest performing bowling marks in test history. Mark Butcher took 15 wickets. Mark Elam took 22. Mark Gillespie of New Zealand took 22. Mark Craig of New Zealand, 50. Mark War took 59, mainly with long hops. But with 63 wickets, the most successful bowling mark in test history. It's Mark 95 mile an hour Wood. That's a fantastic statistic. Mm, I mean, it's not, it's not the world's greatest list of marks. Maybe maybe we're just not... Uh, I mean, Mark. when you start with Mark Butcher, I was thinking, he's a batter, isn't he? He is a batter. But he came, I think he's got a test best bowling figures of three for 39, something like that. That's good. Uh, thank you very much indeed uh, for your letters. Do keep them coming in. Uh, of course, today we were talking about people, uh, uh, any weird signals to this 12th man or strange requests that have been made from people uh, on the pitch to those watching, uh, I suppose. Hi, it's David Gower here. Uh, yes, it's me. Look, it's it's slightly embarrassing, but look, Mark and Miles, they've, they've forgotten the email address again. So look, if you've got any cricketing tales, stories, whatever it might be you want to send to them, please email them at middleplease at hotmail.com. Um, and if that's too much, well, try Twitter or Instagram. Well... I suppose we don't have a guest this week because it's just it's just a chance for you and I to catch up, Mark. Um, so I think, as a way of warming you up for the remainder of the series, we should have Mark Wood's super over, but uh, you can ask me the questions. So I'm going to go into uh, interviewee mode. You can be all strict to Magnus Magnuson, and um, I will do the timing myself, though, because I'm just generous. OK, uh, so start now. Series three, Miles job. Super over by the barest of all margins, Miles. Name me the make of your first cricket bat. Oh, I think it was Cookerborough. Um, uh, Most random celebrity in your phone. Most random celebrity in my phone. I've got um, John Inverdale, Les Dennis, Jonathan Agnew, probably um, all sorts of all sorts. Mark Wood. I was recently reading a newspaper, and there was a criminal called Mark Wood. I was very excited. This is ninety seconds, Miles. Favorite sandwich film. Oh, um, uh, roast, no, those crazy ones like that you get at railway stations. It's like chicken and bacon and stuffing. It's about nine sandwiches, Ginsters. <laughs> Your club needs you. Would you rather score or umpire? Umpire. Name a song that's been stuck in your head recently. The Peppa Pig theme tune. And for the purposes of the you only, um, Mike Gatting's coming to dinner. What do you cook to impress him? <laughs> Uh, it's got to be, uh, it's probably a, probably a hog roast. Uh, I don't know what we'd have for the main course. Okay. <laughs> Footballers near me shout while attempting a run out. Oh, very good. Um, Brian McClare. Nice. Knocking nine doors, knock, knock ginger or knock and run. <laughs> what was the first one? Uh, knock, knock ginger. And finally, you've come to the wicket. What guard are you asking for the umpire? 
Middle, please, umpire. Yes, Miles. I knew you'd nail that last one. I knew you would nail that last one. I knew it. Bravo. By the barest of margins, bravo. Any surprises in there, Woody? No. Um, I mean, uh, the the random celeb in your phone took longer than I thought. I mean, we probably did three minutes on that alone. <laughs> I'm so glad you got that at the end. I mean, knock, 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 ginger would never be in the Northeast, so that's always knocking nine doors for me. But... Yeah, Brian McLeod was a lovely option. What do you call it in the northeast when it's got um, at, at, like a like a like a dog poo in a brown paper bag and you set fire to it and then knock on the door? What do you call that in the northeast? Oh, you shade at the door. <laughs> Very good. Yeah, say what you see. Say what you see. Very good. <laughs> why? Why a hog roast for my gun? Why? Just because I was trying to think of something. Um, you know, that's sort of a big, I guess. I think he genuinely... He's not a big eater, actually. That is... I've been I've been to a dinner with Mike Getting. I've, I've seen, unless this was a fever dream, I'm pretty sure once in a hotel in Dubai, I saw Mike Getting singing Piano Man by Billy Joel. And I imagine that is a party trick of his. It can't be the only time in his life I've done it. That would be too much of a coincidence. What an honour to play... One day I'll get you to play Miles Jupp's Super Over. But for me to have, honestly, to play Mark Wood's Super Over, to be asked questions by the man who wore more protective equipment than anyone else during the closing stages of the Cricket World Cup final. It's very, very exciting. Oh, I know what I've... This, I've had, um, this is not cricket. I, I've had a book out, my, my novel that I wrote, that I finished in lockdown, but that I started in possibly 2018, possibly 2019. I finally got that finished. So that meant I've been doing a lot of interviews uh, in the old days, I suppose, you'd just go and trudge from radio studio to radio studio. But now, of course, in the brave new COVID era, you can do it all from... from so I've had a sort of press week, but I've done it entirely from home. It's done done it in the study or in the sitting room. And did you did you have a signal, like a 12-month signal for your book? Yeah, yeah. Is it Wind it up is the signal they, they <laughs> repeatedly... But you get to see what the different sort of people will go to. I suppose, like a classical... The book, the book is set in like a private school, so the... Or the, the the protagonist works in one, so that you know on on a sort of classical music station, they sort of wanted to ask intricate questions about the private school system. Whereas on the Virgin Radio breakfast show this morning, Gabby Roslin played not one but two tunes from Balamori. So you think you're getting <laughs> you're getting across a decent kind of cross section. And and for all the listeners, what's your book called? My book is called Mark Wood: My Early Life. No, my book is called. <laughs> it's called it's called History. But I don't you know I don't I don't want to use well. Uh, or, Look, it is for sale. I'm not going to pretend it isn't. Um, but uh, you fast forward this bit of the podcast if you're behind, if you're behind this sort of blatant marketeering vulgar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, another thing you can buy is our um, Middle Please Umpire Bat stickers, which uh, raise raise money for Alzheimer's. I've got one on the back of my uh, my bat. Have you are you allowed to have one on your bat, Mark? I am in the midst of checking that it's not too big the sticker that I've got because they've got to be a certain size. So I asked the um, third umpire last game, and he's like, "Oh, let me check." Right. If you would like a, a middle please umpire bat sticker um, raising money for Alzheimer's, uh, you need to go to paypal.me slash middle please, all one word, as uh, people say after giving basically any, any sort of email or web address. Right, thank you for listening. Uh, back here with season three. Uh, we'll catch you again soon, hopefully with some more guests. But for now, bye from me and Miles. Uh, yes. Is it a bye from you? Oh, yes, it is. Yes, goodbye. Goodbye. Should be taken and is taken. Brilliant from Markwood. What a spell this has been.
For all the latest cricket betting markets, in-play odds and promotions, visit williamhill.com or download the free app. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Sports Social Podcast Network.